This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Thanks to Rode Microphones. This week we're joined by Tony Bellet and we're discussing voice farming. Mm. Uh, now, Tony, the reason we got you on the show is because you've been approached by a said company. Um, it, how do you feel about this? Well, I'm not tickled about it. Uh, just a bit of quick background. Um, I had a text first off from a particular person a few weeks ago, followed up fairly quickly by an email, and uh, they made it pretty clear that what they were interested in was using my voice to create their own tracks. They didn't specify how or when or where, but fundamentally I, it just rubbed me up the wrong way. I mean, I, I've put 30 or 40 years into developing myself as a voice talent and I think it's bloody insulting to think that someone's just going to come along and say, oh, we're going to use your voice now, all your characterizations and everything, for whatever purpose, who knows. That's one thing that actually Robbo and I were talking about because Robbo did mention that we actually wouldn't know where our voice is going to be used and it could be something exactly. completely and utterly inappropriate. Oh, yeah. I also saw um, a thread this morning. I was looking at some Facebook stuff and it was on uh, VoiceOver Pros, I think, the American one, and they actually mentioned the company that you're talking about. Someone uh-huh. there has been approached. Now, mm. one guy who I actually trust this guy has said they're very transparent and it doesn't look as bad as he may think it is. I don't know whether he knows how bad we think it is to make that judgment. What concerns me, of course, is that once you have your voice as technology gets better and better, you may be completely redundant. And the unfortunate thing is that no one has actually got to a point at this stage of actually having the legalities to copyright your voice. So even if it is farmed, at least you get a royalty every time it's used. One of my thoughts on this is that how do you breathe emotion and life into a particular given script using a synthesised voice? Um, I mean, that's why I get jobs. I'm 72 now. There's a bit of life experience there. And I get a lot of these nice little voice acting jobs, you know, and I just cannot see how a computer is going to be able to do that. But look, I could well be wrong. Either way, I'm not going to be there to do it anyway. Well, the other thing that occurs to me uh, about this whole thing is, say, for whatever reason, you did decide that you were going to give them your voice and your voice becomes popular on that platform and starts getting used in a number of different places. What happens to your workload in terms of Tony Bellet's workload from then on? Because all of a sudden everyone's hearing your voice all over the place and I know from experience from working with agencies and radio stations every day that you get to the point where people go, oh, hang on, Tony Bellet's everywhere. Oh, yes, of course. That's happened to all of us in our you careers, know what I mean? isn't it? It's like, yeah. And it's like I can see that happening because – you know, the, there's only going to be a, a certain, let's be honest, there's only going to be a certain amount of people at your and Andrew's level as voiceover artists who are going to put their hand up for this. And there's not going to be a lot of them. So they're going to be the ones that people hit voice are going to get hear and recognize and go, oh yeah, I know that voice. Let's use that voice. And all of a sudden they're everywhere. And then all of a sudden they're sitting at home scratching their heads why they're not booking anything yeah. because their voice is being used on this other platform that they've been paid once for and that's all they're ever going to see. I think control's the other thing. You, you know, you mentioned it before. We've got no idea at all 
how it's going to be used. We don't, I mean, for, taking to an extreme, you know, they, they, they could voice pornos mm-hmm. using your voice. Well, they could. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so that's a sort of an extreme situation. But like you two guys, I like to pick and choose the work I do. You know, my agent will ring and she'll say, we've got this job or that job. How do you feel about it? I mean, it's, it's a nice job, isn't it? It's a really nice job. And I said, well, what is it? And then they tell you, and it's up to you to make the decision. Mm. Whereas with this scenario, I really, I'm taken out of the equation, aren't I? Mm-hmm. I wonder, I know initially they won't be using it for the kind of um, work you're talking about. It's going to be things like, you know, medical narrations and that kind of stuff. Ribbon That's reads. That's where I kind of see it. it. Yeah. Yeah, and voices on hold and all that kind of stuff that, mm. you know, people are kind of used to, they listen to Siri, they've got their GPS in their car, they're used to that kind of manufactured voice. But when it comes to the nuances of doing the voice acting, I don't know how far down the track we are where machines can replicate that. Isn't it the thin um, edge of the wedge, but, though? Yeah. You know, I, I just feel once you – it's the old joke, you know, about the prostitute. Now we've agreed on what you are, we're just haggling about the price. Yeah. And I yeah. see an element of that in, in this, you know, it, how far is it going to go? And that's what concerns me. And luckily I'm kind of at the tail end of my career. I don't have to worry too much about it. But I have a big concern in that is that if the pro voices, if the good voices out there jump on this thing, well, I see it as being the end of our industry, as as we know it anyway. I think the frightening thing is if someone is desperate for cash at that given time and they will sure. do it because they just need to pay a bill. Sure. That, that's that's the scary thing. And also the other thing that's a, a concern is the amount of people that now claim to be in our business. Mm. Um, and many of them probably shouldn't be, but they're going to be the ones who will, um, you know, volunteer their voices for this stuff. And we're the ones who are probably going to pay the price for it, I guess, down the track. Mm. I think the bigger the mix, the more it dilutes our industry. I mean, it, in other words, the mix is diluted. There's more, more voices in there. It confuses a market as well. That's just another element anyway. I think also it's the other thing of people not being aware of what things should be and they get used to what they actually see that day. I mean, if you think about things like um, when we were younger, um, we were sitting there with, uh, you know, our hi-fi playing, you know, spent all our cash on records and sitting in front of the hi-fi with your, or your headphones on uh, and now people are listening on Buds on a Spotify so, and that's what they kind of think is the normal. So you're saying that what we're looking at is an inevitability, that this is going to happen anyway, so. I think it's inevitable that at the lower end of the spectrum, like the low-hanging fruit, I think it's inevitable. I think in terms of uh, training videos and um, those sort of things, I think it's inevitable. And in fact, I think we're starting to see it now. I don't know how inevitable it is that when you get to the point talking about, you know, agency adv- advertising and that sort of level, I don't know that it's in, that's inevitable. But, but I you think guys it's know, certainly the low-hanging fruit, yes. You guys know that when you're in front of the mic and you've got the director in there and the client the other end, you give them one read and they say, yeah, you don't sound like you quite believe that line, blah, blah, blah. Can we try that again? So you might end up with 20, 30, <laughs> in a worst case scenario, reads of the one line that requires depth, interpretation, emotion, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. If this thing gets going, I see that a lot of the things we accept 
and the industry accepts as being quality reeds will occur less and less and less so that the craft is diminished down to something far less than what it is now or what it should be. Yeah, I think a lot of that personality is important, though, in selling a message. So I don't know that the importance of that will go away. It kind of reminds me of, uh, remember the old training videos, Tony, when um, John Cleese used to do them? Mm, Sure do. Now you get some cheap animation. Yes. Look, the, the wonderful thing about the Cleese videos, and I ran them at a time when I was I was doing a bit of ma- marketing management and I'd get these reps in there and I'd use Cleese because he had a, a wonderful sense of humour and he had colour in his voice. He had all the things that make up the dynamics of a good voice. If you turn the vision off, you could still learn a lot just from listening to him. And that that, that to me is what made it all. I'm just concerned that if enough people adopt this, then there'll be a a group forgetting what it used to be like to listen to good quality. As it is now, I hear people say, remember the days when you'd have five or six different voices doing doing character reads and it'd be for a 30-second commercial and it sounded wonderful? We don't hear much of that now. Is this another step along that line? It's funny you should say that. I I think the last session I did um, with three three of us in the booth Mm. was probably 15 years ago. Yeah, there you go. It yeah. used to be the grist for my mill. I mean, I was, I started in this industry as being Mr. Joe in the street, the bloke on the street. You know, they give you a script where it said, you know, something is a normal person talking. Now, a lot of announcers can't do that easily. I happen yeah. to be able to do it well. So I got a lot of work for that. But that's disappearing too now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of, um, a call for, you know, that person in the street to actually be a person in the street these days too. They're not afraid to, to use yep. that unpolished sort of sound, even though yep. it's not meant to be polished in the first place, so it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I, d- I don't know. I don't think I don't think a good read is ever going to go away. I just think that you're probably right. The call for it and is going to become less and less. Perhaps well, it's going to be. The message be- from this is basically. Sorry, no go, go, Tony. No, no, you're making a better point. I'll listen to you. I'll shut up. That's rare. That's very unusual. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's never happened before. What's going on? <laughs> Shoot, Andrew. Go ahead. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. No, oh, there you go. See? <laughs> that moment of greatness is gone. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> but I can put it down to early Alzheimer's. So <laughs> <laughs> Not as as mine. Uh, <laughs> My one's earlier than your one. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, though, um, if you are, you know, listening to this and you are a pro and you have been approached, don't do it. Yeah. Well, and let us know too. I mean, we kind of, I don't think we sort of sit on the fence when it comes to our opinion on this stuff. So, um, so let us know if if you're you're insulted by all this. Um, let us know. Isn't it nice to listen? Well, if you're to one some, of those companies, yeah. Isn't it nice to listen back to some tracks that you've done over a period of time and say, "How oh, I'm proud of that one. Oh, that yeah. was a good one. Geez, I got that right." You know, to me, that's rewarding, and I mm. see that disappearing very quickly with this. Absolutely, a very good friend of mine. I can name it, Joey Moore, one of the greats in the Australian industry. Told me of an instance recently yeah. where she went to do a job and they said, um, look, we've had a few people doing this, Joey. Um, we really want that that 
person on the street, woman on the street, just just Mrs. Just Joe, and Mrs. Average, you know. Um, and we haven't got it so far. And she said, and I just stepped up and I just did it. And they said, wow, that's great. How did you do that? And she just smiled and said, well, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we do. Yeah. And that's what you get paid for. That's exactly. right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's that, that old joke about the, um, the guy who can't get his boat to go and he calls mechanic after mechanic and, and no one can get it going and he finally calls on this old mechanic who's working in this rundown garage at the end of the street that's been there forever and the mechanic comes up, takes a look around the engine and grabs a hammer out of his toolbox, taps the top of the engine twice, <laughs> goes up, hits the motor and away it goes. And the, the guy says to him, you know, how much? And he goes, oh... 15, 1,500 bucks would cover it. And he goes, well, Whoa. you only hit it with a hammer twice. And he goes, ah, but the trick's knowing where to hit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ain't so, it the truth? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, Pretty well sums yeah. it up. Absolutely. Give me a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a few people I'd like to use a hammer on. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. This show was mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. Edit by Andrew Peters. Using Rode Microphones and Source Connect Now. Tech support from George the Tech Whittem. And supported by Harlan Hogan's VoiceOverEssentials.com. The home of the Portabooth Pro. You look for trouble.